Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 22. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Jesus needed to prepare for the Passover, and so he told his disciples to go into Jerusalem, and they would see a man and ask him to use the guest room for the preparation for the Passover. Well, the disciples did as Jesus told them, and they secured the house for the Passover. And Jesus and his disciples are sitting at the table called the Triclinium. Judas is on the left hand. John is on the right. Both are in the place of honor. Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks, and he took the bread, and he gave thanks, And then in verse 21, go ahead and look at it in verse 21. While eating, Jesus said, the hand of my betrayer is with me. And the disciples began to ask who would do such a thing. Matthew chapter 26 tells us they began to say, is it I? And Judas said, Rabbi, is it I? And Jesus said, you said it. And then in verse 24, It tells us here in Luke that they were arguing about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And then Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. And then Jesus went on to say, Peter, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. If you weren't with us last week, you might want to stop by the bookstore and see if there are any CDs left. We continue our verse by verse study in Luke. If you're taking notes. My sermon title is Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Luke chapter 22, saints, we pick up in verse 35. If you are looking at verse 35 in Luke 22, why don't you say amen? Amen. And he said to them, when I sent you with money bag, knapsack, and sandals, did you lack anything? And they said, what saints? Nothing. And then he said to them, but now, but now he who has a money bag, let him take it. And likewise, a knapsack. And he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. For I say to you that this which is written, written where? You want to write this in your margin? Isaiah 53, 12. For I say to you that that which is written in Isaiah 53, 12 must still be accomplished in me. And here's what it says. And he was numbered with the transgressors for the things concerning me have an end or they have a fulfillment. And so they said, Lord, look here, we have two swords. And he said to them, it's enough. Well, in verse 39, coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives and as he was accustomed and his disciples also followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you enter not into what saints temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and he prayed saying, father, 
Matter of fact, verse 42 is so important. Y'all read it with me. Father, if it is your will, everybody read it with me. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And then he sweat. His sweat became great drops of blood falling to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them doing what? Sleeping from sorrow. And then he said to them in verse 46, why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Before Jesus went into certain cities, he would send his disciples ahead. Luke chapter 10, if you were with us, you know, Luke chapter 10, Jesus sent the disciples out and he told them to go out without money, backpack or anything. Jesus says, listen, when I sent you out, referring to Luke chapter 10, did you lack anything? And they said, what saints? Nothing. Now Jesus is sending them out and telling them to take some money to take your backpack, to take your stuff. And if you don't have a sword, sell your clothes and buy one because you're going to need it because Isaiah 53, 12 prophesied that I would be numbered, I, Jesus, would be numbered with the transgressors and these things are coming to fulfillment. In other words, Jesus is saying, when I die, things are going to get intense and persecution is going to heat up. And they needed to be equipped and they needed to be prepared to face the hostility and the persecution. Well, in verse 38, they said, Jesus, look, we've got two swords. And he said to them, it's enough. Now, listen close. Jesus isn't saying it's enough like he took inventory of their arsenal and they have enough weapons to fight. Because if that were the case, then two swords wouldn't have been enough. And Jesus would have said, go buy more. Jesus is simply concluding the conversation because they aren't getting it. Now, saints, I want to go back to something. You got to take a minute and look at this statement. When I sent you out, did you lack anything? And they said nothing. Now, listen, I've said this before a thousand times. Look at me. I've said this before a thousand times. I'll say it again. Where God guides, he provides. Amen, saints? Where God calls, he enables. When I sent you out, did you lack anything? The answer was no. Where God calls, he enables. If God sends you, God will provide for you. It was David, I love this verse, write it down, Psalm 37, 25. It was David who said, I have been young and now I am old and yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. Oh, y'all need to clap your hands on that one and be happy about it. Oh, you need to be happy about it. God will always, always, always listen. God will always provide for you. I'm a witness. Anybody else? Where you at? I'm a witness. God will provide for you. God will provide for his work. You know, I look at this church. 
I look at how we came here. Oh, y'all know my story, how we came here. I've told it a thousand times. I've told it. I've said, I, matter of fact, if you know my story, how I came here from, from California, raise your hand. You know my story? All right. And if you don't know my story, raise your hand. If you've never heard my story before, all right, good. All right, I'm talking to just you then. <laughs> Listen. It's back in 1995. And God spoke to me. And I'll tell you something, honestly, if I don't know anything else, I know this. God spoke to me. And God told me. I was living out in Southern California, and God spoke to me in a dream. And he told me that I was going to go east. I did not know where east. And through a series of circumstances, I come here to Raleigh. I don't know anybody. I don't have any money. Uh, we've got kids. We can't, we, we, we can't pay our rent. We, 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 we have nothing to come to. But we knew God called us here. Well, we found an apartment in Traybrook Apartments on Church Street in Morrisville. We were in the apartments Four weeks, my wife went up to pay the rent, and the apartment manager said, um, would you mind, guys mind starting a Bible study? God thing. <laughs> would you guys mind starting a Bible study? When we started a Bible study, my wife came out, she goes, Rodney, Rodney, it must be the Lord, it must be the Lord, you start a Bible study. So we started a Bible study, and the very first Bible study, remember, I didn't know anybody. The very first Bible study, 17 people showed up. I did not know any of them, and I didn't invite any of them. 17 people. So I walk into this Bible study. I walk into this Bible study. Y'all, y'all know me. I walk into this Bible study, and I, um, you know, I'm, I'm dressed in, in shorts and so I walk into this Bible study. Now, I only tell you this. Listen, don't get offended. I only tell you this because it's true. I walk into this Bible study, and there are 17 white people there. And I walk in, and, I, and you know me. I, it was hot. It was July. Y'all know how I dress. I, I dress crazy during the week. I'm dressed up now. I think I look nice. And, and I... Uh, you know, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm dressed and I walk in there. I got on short T-shirt, ball cap, glasses, Bible in hand. I walk in there. There's all white people. I walk in and they say, well, come on in. I said, hey, everybody. They said, uh, they said, well, we, we just have, we're going to have ourselves a Bible study and we just waiting for the preacher to show up. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm the preacher. <laughs> Let me tell y'all something. It was look, they look like guess who's coming to dinner. They were like, I'm like, all right, everybody, calm down now. Let's just everybody sit down, sit down, white people. Everybody sit down. <laughs> if y'all know me, if you knew here, I, 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 it, it's it's cool. Everything's everything's. So, so, so I sit down and, you know, and let's introduce ourselves. Everybody introduce yourself. I introduce myself. And I said, turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 1, verse 1. The former treaties have I written to the O Theophilus of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. And that is where Calvary Chapel Cary began. And from that point, I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. And from that point on... God has been taken care of. God has provided for this church. Look at from 17 people, we have four weekend services, one during a week. That's five services a week. Look how this church has grown. 
And, and I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. And look at, look at this church has grown. And look at, and every single one of you, I'm not into advertisement. Y'all know me. I'm not into advertisement. Y'all do not see a billboard of Pastor Roddy and Miss Ovari out there on 440. Or y'all driving by, what y'all, what Pastor Roddy? I'm going to have to turn around and go see that again. See, I'm not into advertisement. I don't think it's wrong. I just am not into that. I think the Lord builds the church, and unless the Lord builds the church, the man labors in vain. That's all I'm talking about. So we're not every single person that's in this room right now. You have been invited by somebody, or you heard me on the radio. Am I right about it? Am I right about it? But no advertisement. You don't see, you know, come to church, and, you know, we're going to get Bike Sunday. Sometimes you have Bike Sunday. You, how many of you bring the most people to church? You get a brand new bike. <laughs> we ain't have Bike Sunday. I ain't buying you no bike. You buy your own bike. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just caught the spirit, y'all. <laughs> I ain't buying you no bike. No, no, no. Because the Lord builds the house. God has done a great, awesome work here. And I look at this church. Y'all got to see it from where I stand. I look at this church and I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love looking at this church. It is made up of all kinds of people. Look to your left. Look to your right. You see black folks and white folks and, 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 and people who, who are brain surgeons and doctors and people who work at McDonald's and people who empty trash and and nurses, and all kinds of nations, tongues, and tribes, and people go to this church because it's about Jesus, and it's not about you. It's not about what, somebody clap your hands like you know. And it's about Jesus and every single one of us. We come to this place because of Jesus. We come to this place because of the B-I-B-L-E. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter how you, how dressed up you are. Nobody don't care. Folk be wondering, let me tell you, don't wonder what you're going to wear to church tomorrow at Calvary Chapel because nobody's looking. We don't care. You think you're looking fly. Walking slow. I got it like that. We don't care. We don't care. <laughs> Am I right about it? Because it's about the word of God. Now I want you to clap your hands. Would you do that? It's about the word of God. And this church started based on the word of God. And God told me, God told me 15 years ago, he said, you will never lack for money and you will never lack for people. We don't even take up an offering here. Y'all have told some of your friends. I'm sure you have told your friends. You know what? Our church, we don't even take up an offering. Your friend's like, what? Y'all don't take up an offering. How y'all pay the bills? One time a pastor asked me, he goes, y'all don't take up an offering? I said, no. He said, how y'all pay the bills? I said, we don't. He said, you don't. Y'all bad witness. Y'all bad witness. I said, No. God does. And I can tell you, I'll wait, I'll wait. 
And I will tell you, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. And God could ask me today, when I sent you, did you lack anything? And I would say, nothing, Lord. Never lacked anything. God has been faithful. God is awesome. He really is. And I love, I love to talk about him because he's so good. Because he's so good and he loves us so much. We better get going. Oh, where is the time? Look, verse 39. Oh, Jesus. See, y'all ain't praying. Look at this. Look, look, verse 39. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives. He went to the place where he was used to going. The Mount of Olives, the place where he was used to going or as he was accustomed. And the disciples also followed him. John chapter 18, write that down in your margins. The place that they went, Judas knew also. It was Gethsemane. Verse 40, Jesus leaves the city of Jerusalem and crosses the Kidron Valley. Up the Mount of Olives to the Garden of Gethsemane. And when he got there, Jesus said, pray that you may not enter temptation. Now, Matthew 26, 36, you might want to write that down. It tells us when they got there that he told eight of his disciples to have a seat. And he took Peter, James, and John, and he told them, my soul is very sorrowful. Stay here and watch with me. You know, I never thought about this, but think about it. The creator of the universe asking for their fellowship. The creator of the universe asking for the strength of their presence. Pray with me. And then Matthew tells us he went a little further and fell on his face. Mark tells us he went a little further and fell on the ground. Luke tells us he went a stone's throw away and knelt down and prayed. So you put the accounts together. Evidently, he walked a couple of feet. He fell to his knees and then to his face. So he fell on his face and he began to pray. He said, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. You know, saints, I got to be honest with you. Keep it real. I've taught this, this section, this passage so many times. And every time I teach it, I feel a sense of inadequacy. I feel like even on my best day of communicating, I really can't communicate the depth and the, the heart and the, the intimacy and the relationship and the fellowship that was going on between the father and his son in the garden. Somebody once said of this story in the garden, they said, this story is almost too sacred to explore by methods of exegesis or exposition. There are things in this that have baffled theologians for centuries. There are dim and dark mysteries hanging around this story in an olive yard called Gethsemane. You know, there's something that begins to go on here between the father and the son that's being worked out. Things that were set in motion before the world was formed. And I don't think we can really get our minds wrapped around what's going on here. Notice in verse 40. Go ahead and look at it. Jesus said, pray. Pray that the Father, that you may not. Pray to the Father that you may not enter into temptation. Matthew tells us that he said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know that. 
The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, if you know yourself, I'm sure this is already a daily prayer. Lord, lead us not into temptation. Lord, don't lead me into temptation. This word temptation, if you're taking notes, it means to compromise morally. Write that down. To compromise morally. It applies to covetousness, hypocrisy, lovelessness, fear, worry. Listen, if you're struggling with these things, Jesus is saying, pray. Listen, you have access to God, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And because you have that access, is anybody listening? Because you have that access, you can pray to the Father at any time, anywhere, in your car, driving, at home, Anywhere you can come boldly to the throne of grace to receive help, grace, and mercy in a time of need. Jesus bought that access ticket for you with his blood. With his blood. And so pray. Pray. The Bible says if we pray anything according to his will, we know we have the petitions that we ask. You know, I really believe the reason that that Christians and and Christians are struggling. As a pastor, I find Christians struggling, are struggling in their Christianity. Why? You have the power of the Holy Spirit. You have access to God. Why are you struggling? Struggling with Internet pornography. Struggling with sin. Struggling with addictions, struggling with your walk with the Lord. Why? Struggling. You're in your marriages. Why? You have access in prayer. You know, uh, um, uh, Andy was telling you about the prayer meeting we're going to have this coming Saturday. And, you know, at our prayer meeting, we usually have maybe 100, 120 people. And and generally, all the guys are like, oh, this is great, this is great, 120 people. Listen, I don't think that's enough. It's not enough. We as believers need to pray. And 120 people, we need to fill that sanctuary down there with three, 400 people. Nine o'clock in the morning, Jesus said, can you not pray with me one hour? Nine o'clock Saturday morning, why don't you write it on your calendar or or some of y'all internet techie people (laughs) put it on your phone (laughs) go on to prayer nine o'clock one hour Get up in the morning, eat your Wheaties, eat your Cheerios, and then come on the prayer meeting and pray one hour. You'd be surprised what God will do in your life if you just take the time to just pray. But the reason you don't have is because you don't ask. And, and, and James said, and when you do ask, you ask for the wrong thing. So Jesus fell on his face, and then he fell, fell to his knees, and then fell on his face, and he said, Father, if it's your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Now, as you study the collective accounts of the story in the Garden of Gethsemane, this prayer in the garden, did you know this, went on for hours through the night. 
Jesus prays, he weeps, he cries, Abba, Father. He is in great sorrow and heaviness. Verse 43 and 44, go ahead and look at it. Jesus had been praying so hard and so fervently that an angel had to come and strengthen him, and he began to sweat drops of blood. I find it interesting that Jesus can stand in front of a raging sea. Listen, look at me. Jesus can stand in front of a raging sea and say, peace be still, and there's no strain. Jesus can stand in front of a dead man's tomb and say, Lazarus, come forth, and there's no strain. Jesus can take a little girl by the hand and say, Talitha Kumai, Danzel, arise, and there's no sweat. Never let him see a sweat. And he can run demons out of a man into some pigs and those pigs run off a cliff and no sweat you have been listening to salt and light a radio outreach ministry of pastor rodney finch and calvary chapel Cary, located in apex north carolina join pastor rodney monday through friday at this same time for information regarding service times you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.